Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here. And today we actually have to talk about the situation in China. China obviously melting down a bit, but we've got a little bit of culpability here too, meaning everybody outside of China. And I'm going to explain that. Hear me out here. I know I'm going to get hate mail on this, but... But, but, I think this is important because China is experiencing the largest, most widespread violent protests literally since Tiananmen Square in the late 1980s. Now, while this apparently was sparked by harsh COVID lockdowns, and we're definitely going to talk about that, I believe this was a long time coming. Think about it. Surveillance, forced labor, censorship. It all adds up to rage and the desire to be free. We are seeing violent clashes with Chinese authorities in multiple cities. Citizens have publicly been calling for the removal of President Xi, even though that kind of speech is banned both online and in person. While we can't go here in the United States and say, I'm going to kill the President of the United States because that is illegal. You obviously can't do that in China, but I can call any president I want, an idiot, a moron. They look like goofy or whatever it is. Any president, take your pick. That is perfectly allowed. In China, that is a crime, both online and uh, basically in person or publicly. And this is happening. They're calling for his removal. They're calling him Winnie the Pooh, which was banned a few years back because, well, quite frankly, he does look a little bit like that. And so this is just flying in the face of normal order in China. And so with all this going on, it's important to understand that the Chinese government bears by far the most responsibility here. Do not misunderstand me when I say that we here in the West or outside of China bear responsibility. We have a little bit of responsibility here, but Chinese policies and specifically their government policies are the core of what is wrong here and need to be addressed. And this protest and these riots, I think, are in part the response to mostly that. Their policies and actions, as I've said, have directly led to these riots and protests protests in the larger company, but in the larger parts of the country. But we have to be honest here. The rest of the world has to own some of this too. And hear me out. We love our technology. Excuse me. Most of it is cheaply produced by China's low wage to slave wage labor force. It really is. So when all of this started melting down, it seemed somewhat fitting that Apple would be at the heart of this. As I mentioned in a recent video slash podcast entitled Apple's Human Rights Issues, and I'm not going to rehash that entire thing, but this started in iPhone City, quote unquote, which is Fox uh, Foxconn. They're basically their largest producer, their production plant in Shenzhou. There are over 200,000 of their employees. Basically, this has been such a brutal area that, that essentially they had to put nettings around the buildings because employees were so despondent over the years, even before COVID, that they were jumping out of the building. Again, these are low-wage to slave-wage workforces building your iPhone. Now, this is where the violence was sparked, and some are calling this a possible revolution in the most populous country on Earth. So, to be fair... Big tech companies also have to share in this problem. It's not like Androids, for the record, or laptops or other tech production get a free pass here as well. HP also uses Foxconn and others, Apple being the most visible, especially since they have whole marketing campaigns and uh, more statements than anybody about their human rights. This underscores the larger symptoms that we have. Now... Basically, as of uh, Sunday, yesterday through Monday today, uh, this is November 27th through November 28th today, the Chinese government still has not got this under control. Multiple cities are now going through and experiencing this in China. And aside from physical altercations with protesters trying to reestablish dominance, the Chinese government has been rather busy online. Now, as basically for my day job here, uh, one of the things we do is we tra we're tracking the current situation in China and their government's efforts to quell information dispersion online, especially in Western 
different platforms, it's interesting to see legions of quiet or dormant Chinese language accounts on Twitter and other Western and Asian platforms outside of China basically come to life and start flooding the various ecosystems with adult content while tagging the names of cities that are currently experiencing these protests and violence. And so think about it this way. You essentially have, let's say, a Twitter, for example, we'll use that where people are going to Twitter to say, okay, let's see the latest videos. And now if you're a Chinese speaker outside of China and you're using uh, Twitter in Chinese, the Chinese government understands this. You're allowed to do that. Most, most Western platforms are banned inside of China, but what they are doing is essentially flooding the zone. So you're looking to see, if, oh my God, are my relatives, my neighbors, my family, whoever, are they safe? And so you're looking for videos or news on, let's say, the specific city you come from, whether it's Changzhou, Beijing, you know, take your pick. And essentially what they are doing is they are putting out ads for pornography and adult escorts, tagging the city name in there, and then flooding it over and over and over. This trips up the Twitter or take your picks platform AI to basically say, oh, well, apparently, you know, adult escorts are the big thing right now in Shanghai. And so, boom, when you go and search on Shanghai, you get flooded with this as opposed to the actual information uh, that people are bleeding out of that country as country is uh, as information is bleeding out of what is usually a very tightly controlled great firewall that they have there in China. So they're making it harder to find news and actual information on the situation in all of the locales that are currently going through issues. In Twitter's case, we have a bigger problem as well because with their reduced staff at the moment, if you recall, Elon Musk unceremoniously fired 3,700 plus employees, a ton of left, including top brass, top talent, and all of that. I'm just wondering if they're going to be able to actually combat this in some way. We do not have a look at to the amount of uh, bots that we have, but we also know that there are a ton of bots on Twitter, and China just activated like all of theirs and put them to work to quell uh, basically information bleeding out. So it's possible that like in Tiananmen Square, the military will be brought in to quell rioters and establish order. Um, you know, so we may see this quickly end or expand to overwhelm even the military, although that would essentially take an enormous amount of human life as the military is vastly more armed and equipped than Chinese protesters would be. But nevertheless, it is a very real possibility given the size of the Chinese population. If you're watching those videos like I have been, you will see maybe, you know, a hundred law enforcement or authorities and just legions and legions and legions of people just overrunning positions, tearing down fences. It's been absolutely astonishing to watch. Either way, by the time you're watching or listening to this, the violence may have subsided, but China still has ongoing problems. <clears throat> so we have to acknowledge our part in this. Like I said in my last video uh, and podcast on this entitled Apple's Human Rights Issues, I laid out those steps. So I'm not going to go through and rehash all of those only to say that, you know, just given that we like our technology cheap and, and you know, easily produced and disposable, we are contributing to this problem here because China is supplying that to the world and it's basically forced labor, uh, for lack of a better term, that covers low wage, slave wage, et cetera, et cetera, indentured servitude, whatever you want to call it. And if we started bringing, let's say iPhone production here where, you know, we've got to have normal working hours, pay union wages with benefits, that $1,500 iPhone becomes $2,000, $3,000, you know, whatever it is. And obviously that's really not going to fly for most of the general consumer population. So as much as Apple and take your pick HP, et cetera, say, well, you know, we, you know, we respect human rights and all of that. They're still not getting rid of something literally called iPhone City 
that is that is essentially doing this. And I'm a hypocrite too, in the sense that I'm literally recording this on technology made in China, just as you're probably watching or listening to this on technology that has been made in China. So we have a problem all around. It really needs to, to go away. I wouldn't mind paying a little bit more for technology if I knew that this issue would go away. We should have started personally regulating China, I think, in the early 70s when we opened them up, requiring not just standards for quality for goods, but also standards of quality for workforce as well. That's something that China never really did. And now it shows and now they're melting down. So we'll see where this goes. You know, is the Communist Party in China going to fall? I have no idea. But this is the closest they've come in probably 30 years. And obviously, this is not looking good for their newly elected dictator for life, President Xi. We'll see what happens. I'll obviously keep you informed. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everyone.